The NVR Rockies podcast is brought to you by Green Mountain Dental, the best damn family-owned dentistry anywhere in the Denver metro area. Just 15 minutes outside of downtown over there in Lakewood. They'll take care of you. They'll make you feel like a part of the family. If you're really not into having your teeth taken care of or people tooling around inside your mouth, they will be extra sensitive to those concerns. If you just want to have someone who happens to know a little bit about your favorite sports teams, has some of the same hobbies as you, and is the absolute best in making you feel like you're part of the family, well, Green Mountain Dental. And if you need a new Sonicare toothbrush or your first one, they'll hook you up with a free Sonicare when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam today. They're a longtime DNVR partner. You know that helping out our partners helps us out, which in turn helps you out. So if you need some dentist work done, you can't go wrong by heading over to our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use that promo code DNVR20 for first time users to get 20% off and DNVR25 for second time users to get 25% off your entire purchase of that CBD infused, deliciously rich and potentially life altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Pat Lyons. And joining us, as has become our weekly custom, is, of course, the voice of the Colorado Rockies on AT&T Sportsnet and the host of the Drew Goodman podcast. It's Drew Goodman. Rocking out. Uh, yeah, I got I got my coffee. I'll leave, you know, you, we have different coffee sponsors, but I'll leave my I'll leave my mug up there with uh, our our logo or pretty logo appreciate that it's such a great logo too that's that's something that i if you slap that baby on a shirt i mean you're gonna sell you're gonna sell a couple of those threads certainly sell more than if i put my mug on that that (laughs) put the mug or put your mug on that mug i mean you can sell your mugs too while you're at it and then i'll just keep it in the confines of my own kitchen (laughs) right i don't know i feel like there's untapped potential in the goodman's mug mug uh, I don't know. I don't know, but thank you. Very flattering. I'll I'll make you my marketing director. You will be a team of one and a half. There you go. We'll, we'll rope in all the other Drews we can find. That's uh, right. Well, uh, on today's episode, we do want to get a little update on spring training in general. Talk a little bit of prospects because it's prospect week here on DNVR. For those of you who are subscribed, you've been getting uh, well. You've gotten one, but you're about to get a whole lot of prospect content but unfortunately we do have to talk goody about the most recent news this this literally happened within the hour of us uh, hitting the record button for this conversation Kyle Freeland comes out of a spring training game with an apparent injury what's the latest on this and and just kind of what is your your feeling and your takeaway uh from you know it, it's as we're kind of talking about this is the last thing that anybody associated with the Rockies wanted to hear yeah, there, there's no question. Uh, the strength of this club, and, and we've talked quite a bit about it when we're to, when we've been together. And I know you guys have uh, have pontificated about um, the fact that the the strength of this Rockies team, as strange as it is, uh, as it sounds, certainly around baseball, is their rotation. 
And one of their leaders, probably their most vocal leader, but certainly one of their best pitchers is Kyle Freeland. And Kyle Freeland left today's spring training game with a strain in his left shoulder. Now, that's not um, looking at him walking off and saying his, this, this came from the club after uh, he left. That was what was reported by the club to uh, the media that he left with a left shoulder strain. Now, you won't know the severity, you know, for a couple of days. He will have an MRI that goes without uh, saying he'll have an MRI. It is the last thing you want to hear. Unfortunately, people don't want to hear this either. Injuries are a part of sport. And I've said this many times, and you guys probably chuckle at it when you've heard me say this in the past. But I always say, you know, there's not two guarantees in life. There are three, death, taxes, and pitchers get hurt. And the Rockies have been very fortunate with that rotation by and large. John Graves dealt with some injuries, um, but by and large, they have been pretty intact as starting rotations go. And you think back just to a couple of years ago when they tied the Dodgers after 162, um, that 2018 rotation stayed intact and, and was very good, led by Kyle Freeland. And you think back to 09, which I, I think many people who like us who follow the Rockies closely believe that may have been the best all-around team they've ever had. I know, I know my partner Ryan Spielborgs, you know, believes that, and he certainly was a, was a part of that. Um, and that was led by a rotation that, until I think like the last two or three weeks of the season, nobody missed a start. You know, Marquis and. And Ubaldo and that group of guys, Aaron Cook was involved. They just kept rolling out, you know, one start after another. And it's why the Dodgers go and do what they do and the Padres go and do what they do. And instead of just acquiring five, you know, they try to have eight or nine guys that are ready to go because the reality is it's highly unlikely that five guys are going to make, you know, 30 plus starts each. So you just, you know, you keep your fingers crossed with Freeland. But when you hear shoulder strain, you know it's going to be um, a period of time because they're going to have to get it quieted down. If there's no significant injury in there, they're going to have to be really you know, cautious with it. And then you have to build up process again. So they're going to be without, my guess is, Kyle Freeland you know, for a period of time. And, it, and it's silly to speculate right now because it literally, as you guys said, just happened within the hour. Uh, but this is not, you know, he twisted his ankle running to first base, probably going to be fine for precautionary reasons. We took him out. This is his throwing shoulder and not what you wanted to hear. I think what's particularly frustrating about Freeland getting banged up here today is that this was going to be a, a, a big year for him, big opportunity because Again, as you said, 2018, phenomenal. One of the best we've ever seen for a Rockies pitcher. 2019, he's shuttled down to to AAA to kind of work things out. And then last year in a shortened season kind of shows that, you know, he's maybe somewhere in the middle with potential to maybe get back to 2018. And now it seems like at least the start of the season could be derailed somewhat. Yeah, um, it's – yeah, you know, it's frustrating. It, it's you, you hope for him personally uh, that that it's something, quote unquote, somewhat minor, and he's able to get back sooner rather than later. Um, but you know, he came out of a game on what's today, March twenty third. So there, there's no way he's starting on April second against the Dodgers. I mean, you can pretty much scratch that 
um, off the list. And again, this is this, you know, this on paper is the strength of the team. You know, Herman Marquez, um, Kyle Freeland, Senzatella, Gomber's thrown the ball great. And, um, you know, and John Gray. And so we'll, we'll see, we'll see where it goes. It's going to certainly open up a, an opportunity for that somebody in that, in that next grouping, whether it's a Chichi Gonzalez who, who's thrown the ball fairly well, uh, this spring, you know, Derek Rodriguez has not really thrown the ball to be frank, great, um, in his first spring training with the Rockies, Ryan Castellani, who made some starts last year, you know, was sent to minor league camp, uh, about a week ago. He was having trouble throwing strikes period. Um, so there's not, you know, uh, a ton of candidates, you know, to fill that spot, but we'll see, we'll see how it uh, falls out. Yeah, the, the one name you didn't mention is probably the guy with the most highest upside in, in Ryan Rawlison. Do you, you know, what do you think the Rockies should should do here? Is it Do you just need to have someone who's consistent in there and, and just say, look, you're, do the best you can uh, as the new number five starter? Or should they say, you know what, let's, let's give an opportunity to one of these younger guys and see if they can figure out, do they need the stability or do they, do they need the, the hope of, of an upside with one of the youngsters? I believe this with, with young players that I'm not as worried about the mental side. You know, sometimes I say, well, if you bring up a guy when he's too young or, or, or his development is not complete, that it could hurt him mentally um, when he fails. I think that if you can't handle failure in the game of baseball, then you will never be able to handle it. There have been a whole host of great players that have come up and gotten sent back down, come up again and gotten sent back down, and ultimately became you know big-time players. So if you're worried about that, then that player is probably not made of the right stuff. Now, I'm not saying that they're concerned about that with Ryan Rollison. From everything I hear, he is made of the right stuff. But if you feel it's close enough that he's going to throw strikes and, and, and that the stuff is big league, that, yes, in a perfect world, you'd like to see some more refinement in Albuquerque, you may not have that, that luxury. Um, but we'll, we'll see how they play it. They certainly can go with a, with a more veteran guy in, in the former number one, Chichi Gonzalez, who has started games for the Rockies, and, and go that route at least initially. Um, but I also don't believe in wasting bullets personally um, at the minor league level if guys are close because part of the development – we always say this, fellas. We always talk about you know development and you know and, and sometimes guys have to repeat at a lower level and, and they need to they're working on X Y or Z. Well, part of your development to finish off whoever you're going to be is is going to come at the big league level, right? Right. You're not a finished product when you arrive from Double A AA or Triple A. You now have to make the adjustment to to playing against the best players in the world. So part of that development maybe the most significant part of that development actually occurs at the big league level. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I always, I think for uh, like these last years, we're going to have to find another best example of this, but I, my go-to was always Jake Arrieta uh, of the guy who, you know, just could not get it completely together uh, with Baltimore. Right now. See, like I said, it's been a while now we're going to go back, but it was Baltimore for so long. And, Becomes a free agent for the first time at 26, 27 years old. Chicago Cubs pick him up for relatively cheap. And then 
stuff starts to click. Maybe he's in the right situation. Maybe he's with the right pitching coach. Maybe just for him, whatever, all of the lessons from rookie ball and single A and double A and the all the coaches over the year finally come together and boom, the guy's one of the best pitchers in baseball for a five, six year stretch. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good example. And uh, so, you know, the Rockies are going to have a decision uh, to make. And um, I, I always say this, we're going to spend a lot of time and you guys done this uh, already and that, you know, who, what, you know, what's the 26 man group that's going to break camp? Well, by the end of the week, it's going to be, you know, there's going to be somebody else gets nicked and has to go out and somebody else comes up or, you know, somebody made, you know, already threw a bunch of innings. And so they're going to back off and they bring another guy up. There, there's going to be so many guys that are going to have to help out on any major league roster, whether you take the loaded, you know, Dodgers or, you know, any other club. Um, so we'll see how the Rockies not only handle this initially, but how they handle it if it's a longer term situation where they're without Kyle Freeland for, you know, a significant period. Yeah. Buddy always talks about, you know, when he addresses the, the entire clubhouse at the beginning of spring training, that it's going to take every single person in there, you know, anyone who, who's invited to, to camp at, down in Scottsdale. I mean, they might get called on at, at some point. And to, to your point, you know, Brendan Rogers, we saw as a guy, he's on the opening day roster, pencil him in uh, as the second base starter. He goes down with an injury. We're even uh, getting a report of Jonathan Daza having a little a collision in the outfield came off the field. He's, he's probably going to be okay, but yeah, you 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 might write down who you want to see on opening day, those 26 guys, but not all 26 of those players are going to be healthy enough for you. That's why you need that depth. Yeah, that that's reality. That's sports. I I really listen, there are times where you know organizations can say, you know, boy, we just had bad luck this year. And, you know, let's say there was a year, we'll go way back, take the Denver Broncos. This really didn't happen. But, you know, let's say Elway went down back in the day and Terrell Davis went down and Gary Zimmerman went down. You'd say, okay, you know, there's a reason we're not winning football games if that were the case, right? But to suggest that, you know, oh, injuries got us, every team's going to deal with injuries. So it is about what Patrick said. It's always going to be about your depth. And, and another sports coaches cliche that we often hear during these times, I understand what I'm about to say. You need to say that, but it's not entirely true. And that is next man up. We have a, Hey, we have a next man up mentality. Well, that's great. Peyton Manning went down. The next guy up ain't <laughs> Peyton Manning. <laughs> yeah. because if he was, he would have beat his ass out. <laughs> right. And, when Kyle Freeland goes down, unfortunately, with all due respect to the other candidates, they're not Kyle Freeland yet. You hope, you know, I mean, listen, we all hope like, you know, I'm, I'm glad Drew brought up Ryan Rollison. You, you know, you hope that Ryan Rollison one day is a guy, right? And he has the potential to be a guy. But right now, he ain't Kyle Freeland. And and with all due respect to Chi-Chi, who I think we've seen him throw you know, some nice ball games and get through the lineup a couple of times. But, you know, he's not he's not Kyle Freeland. So, yes, it's next man up, but your depth is going to be tested, you know, right out of the gate for the Rockies in the area that was the biggest strength. It's funny. We, we saw Chi-Chi have a little bit of magic in, 
in 2019 against the Dodgers coming in a late relief where he just was mowing down everybody. And that's a four game series to open up the season. So, you know, maybe, maybe you slot Chi Chi in at the, the four spot there, fourth man in the rotation, let Gomber go uh, there on, on, on day number five to start the next series. But yeah, they're going to have to figure this out pretty quickly on the fly. Otherwise there's those ramifications for the bullpen. If you, yeah, if you don't have that consistency, right? Yeah, and that long haul guy. I mean, that pushes somebody else into, you know, potentially into that role. Um, I, I think the way the Rockies were being set up, it was going to be Herman and, and should still be Herman on Thursday. It was going to be Freeland on on Friday, and then Gray Gomber Senzatella. Remember, remember, because Senzatella was a little bit later getting going with the hamstring. So he actually would throw out of the five slot initially just to give him a little bit more time. Um, and now we'll see how that that deck gets shuffled uh, as to who pitches in the second slot. Well, as, as we've been talking about here, this is all about the, the Rockies depth and, and, and Rockies depth being tested. And so you may want to learn a little bit about the Rockies depth. And one of the ways to do that is to get on board with us here at DNVR Prospect Week. Patrick published something this morning about prospects. Help me with the numbers because you didn't. It was thirty-three to. What did you do? We yeah, we, we can't nope. do a top thirty nope. list anymore, say, right? So here we are. Numbers odd, so it's got to be a top thirty-three list. Yeah. And then of course, you know, you need fifteen honorable mentions to throw in there to say, hey, I, I see what you're doing out there, Ronaker, Palma, and and these <laughs> these young guys, Willie McIver. You know, I. Right. You can dream. You can dream on an Alan Trejo and say, hey, these guys could be something. So I want to give them a mention. So, yeah, we got a top 33 that we're working on this week for Prospect Week. So if you're subscribed to the DNVR.com, you'll have access to all of that as we inch closer and closer to the top prospects. You're going to want to know all of these guys. They're really fun to get in and learn about them. Not only will you get access to all that written stuff, if you subscribe annually right now, you get a free DNVR shirt from the locker and a Recover Holistic Stick from Holistic Wellness, 10 milligrams of CBD. This one focused on recovery. Check out the reviews. They are absolutely amazing, really easy to use. Go to holisticwellness.com. That's H-O-L-I-S-T-I-K wellness.com. Better yet, you can use the promo code DNVR30 to get 30% off your first purchase. So head to the DNVR.com today to become a member of the family and then head on over there to Holistic Wellness. Check out and see which CBD holistic stick you want. Those things are absolutely amazing. Also got to let you know, of course, about our friends over at Gabby Insurance. I'm not lying or joking with you folks when I tell you exactly my experience went like this. I went to Gabby dot com slash dnvr that's g-a-b-i dot com slash dnvr i spent five maybe six minutes putting in the information about my current car insurance it gave me some options and i found out i was going to be able to save 480 bucks over the next year thanks to gabby i didn't have to pay anything there was no obligation i didn't didn't have to switch right away no emails no text messages none of that stuff they just have left me alone since they're like Here's your savings. Thanks for stopping by. See ya. Uh, really, there, there's no obligation. There's no risk. There's no reason not to check it out. You're probably paying way too much for either your home or your car insurance. So head to gabi.com slash DNVR and see how much you can save. For me, it's 480 bucks. For Eric Weedham, who apparently just wasn't insurance shopping at all, it was over a grand for the year. Oh so, I mean, gosh. that's on him. 
some of that's on him. <laughs> Let's be honest. Gabby's a great company, but if they could save you that much, you're really overpaying. for your It's weird because it's like, does that mean he wins? If, if it turns out that if you use Gabby.com and you save $1,000, it seems like you win, but at the same time, it also is like an, an admittance of you've been losing up. You've to been this losing point up till now, yeah. Without Gabby.com. Exactly right. Um, so goody, as we mentioned, there it is, prospect week here. Uh, want to get your thoughts on a couple of these guys. One of the guys that I think is sort of grabbing the most amount of attention this spring is Colton Welker. Uh, I don't think that's a surprise to anybody who's been kind of following him a little bit. Uh, he was lighting it up last spring training, if you'll recall, that which seems like five years ago at this point. But uh, what has been your impression of him this spring? But also one of the guys, one of the few guys who's still a prospect you've actually seen through multiple spring trainings and and who's, who's really getting close now. Yeah, he can hit. I mean, that's the first thing that comes to mind with Colton Welker. He can hit. He finds a barrel quite frequently. He's confident. Um, he reminds me. A little bit of and and I and you keep your fingers crossed because there's a long way to go for for this guy to be the guy I'm going to mention. But a little bit of Garrett Atkins in that, um, you know, he's not what you call like a great athlete or you know um, beautiful body guy type of thing, but he can hit. And so uh, it'll be interesting to see you know when he arrives, you know his development. And we've seen some young hitters emerge with the Rockies that just had that confidence from day one. I mean, Seth Smith's a guy that came up and, you know, I, I, I think I dubbed him Mr. Late Night because he got so many big hits down the stretch. And it, it, it's usually the guy who's, who's the last bat off the bench with the game on the line is the grizzled veteran like the Jason Giambi, right? Um, but it became Seth Smith back in the day. And, you know, Garrett Atkins, I think, quickly emerged as a guy who could just flat out hit. And, and I think – Colton Welker could be that type of guy, um, and we'll we'll see how this season plays out, and and when there's a need, how quickly he gets a phone call. It's funny if you go back and look at his numbers from the last regular season of minor league baseball. It sounds crazy to say to think about 2019 being the most recent period that we had data, um, but his numbers were good in the Eastern League. You know, he he hit I think somewhere on like. 270 something like that decent power numbers you know again nothing crazy but if you actually compare it to a lot of guys that he had played against in the eastern league he was among the league leaders because that just isn't that's the one location uh for rocky's affiliates that just doesn't produce those crazy numbers like you see brian mundell when he hit 51 doubles you know a few years ago in Asheville, and we know what what triple a is like down there in, in Albuquerque. And so, yeah, Welker is, he's kind of quietly been doing that. And he was, you know, a really good selection for them. I mean, people forget, like he, I keep forgetting that he wasn't a second round. He was a fourth round pick out of high school. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's had four years of pro ball last year. He was at the alternate site and in three of the years he hit well, well over 300. And then the Eastern league, you know, he got off to a really slow start. If I recall that year in Hartford um, and, and came on, but, um, power develops over time. He's been a double-digit, low double-digit home run guy. Um, I, I could see him when he gets the opportunity to be an everyday guy to be a twenty, you know, twenty homer, thirty-five double type of player. And you know, I, I don't care where you play your games. It, you know, that's you know, that's pretty impressive. 
So again, he's. Uh, I'm glad you started with him. Uh, this is a big year for a number of guys that are going to start at the big league level. It's also a big year for some guys that may start at the at the minor league level, the AAA level, or even at Hartford. And uh, where they end up this year will be interesting to watch. I really love the non-specificity of this comment from Caleb. Can you please let Drew know that he is the best in the biz, and even when the team is struggling, he makes it fun to listen to. A very relaxing voice. Thanks for all you do, Drew. Well, so which one Which <laughs> one of us is he talking I'm, about? Which of the three of us? I'm confused because we share a lot of names here. Yeah, Caleb Caleb is, uh, is, is my cousin, actually, and uh, I appreciate that. What was very nice of your staff was to read Caleb's um, comment on there and not the other, you know, 37 that, you know, wanted to rip my head off. So. <laughs> Uh, just a, just another day in the life. <laughs> right. I think they teach it down at the Cronkite School of, of Broadcasting to uh, quote unquote shake the haters. That's that's I believe that's what they, they tell the kids. These <laughs> Is days. that what they say at ASU? Yeah. I like that. Shake the haters. Yeah, I tell I, I I tell you know young people now that aspire to be in broadcasting or or any form of journalism because of social media. You better have a thick skin. I mean, you had to have a thick skin before, but you really better have a thick skin now. And, and I mean, you guys know this and doing what you do, you just, you know, you, you eliminate um, and, and not pay attention to, you know, some of the rhetoric out there. You know, and I, I do want to get back into the prospect talk, but just since you brought that up, I'm, I'm really curious how you've seen that change sort of over the years. You know, we've seen things like, I'll even bring up specifically like Ian Desmond basically getting off of Twitter because things, you know, got pretty bad for him there for a while. There was a, a Broncos player that, or no, 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 the, the abs backup goalie just recently. Miska. Um, Miska was, was dealing with this situation too. So, you know, there, there's been this interesting age that we're living in now where fans have kind of unprecedented access to players and media. And, and sometimes it's a great thing. And sometimes it's really not. I, I mean, it can it can be a really nice thing, and it's great when when athletes you know choose to interact with with fans and, and do so um, you know in, in a positive way and and can have some fun with with fans. Um, we all know for whatever reason. I know they're they're a minority, but it's easy to pay closer attention to the ones that you know take shots um, and. I don't know. It's really exposing maybe their own unhappiness, unfortunately. Uh, but I, it, 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 when I can go, when I, I'm in a good mood right now, so I'm not going to, but it can get me really ticked off, uh, especially less so about myself, but more so about, you know, athletes or whatever, because guess what? I, I tell the kids I coach this, that it takes great courage to go out there on the mound, on the field, to take in at bat, at whatever level you're playing, 10-year-old Little League game, 17-year-old junior or senior in a high school game, it takes great courage to go out there because it doesn't matter what mom or dad or aunt or uncle or brother or sister or coach or whatever says, hey, this is what should happen and do this and do that. Guess what? They ain't out there. And even for the, the folks that were out there at one time, you ain't out there anymore. You have no idea. 
And I always say this when somebody, let, let's say a pitcher comes in and walks in the winning run. The last person on God's green earth that wanted to walk in the winning run was not you, Joe Fan, in your basement. It was the guy who was out there. You think he went out there and said, I want to suck today. I want to play like crap today. I want to punch out with the bases loaded with two outs in the ninth. But they have the courage to go up there and, and, and take that at bat. They have the courage to go on the mound. So it, as you can hear me, really infuriates me when – people go there. And I know it's a minority. I know the vast majority of fans understand that and respect that. And I think demonstrate that on social media. Um, but sometimes, you know, the squeaky wheel is the one that we pay attention to, unfortunately. I I can remember an article that Rick Riley, CU Boulder alum, uh, wrote probably two decades ago now at this point, talking about maybe one of the reasons why the the rise of, of soccer and, and popularity happened to be the fact that you could kind of just get lost on the field and it was it was fine. Whereas in other sports like baseball, you need that courage to stand up there at the plate or on the mound and everyone is looking at you. If you're playing basketball, you get fouled, you're on the free throw line and everyone is looking at you. And you're absolutely right. You need a lot of courage just, just to play the game. And then to do it professionally, you know, requires a completely different set of skills beyond that. Yeah. And, and I, I hate when it's, when it's lost and it's not to diminish, um, you know, other sports, you mentioned soccer, if you're the left guard in football, maybe if you missed your block, it's not as, you know, plain as day obvious. Uh, but certainly in, in the game of baseball, it is a team sport, but it's a series of confrontations between two people, right? Yeah. And you're you're there, fully exposed when things don't go well. And um, um, so, one of the uh, I love talking. One of my favorite conversations in all the sports, and I know you're very passionate about this as well, Goody, is about closers and and what it really like the mentality. Why are relievers all such strange people? Well, it's this thing that we're talking about, right? It's like this. They're, they're unique individuals. It takes a an interesting and kind of cat to to do that job where the last three outs are on you. And uh, this week on your podcast, again, the Drew Goodman podcast, you've got to be subscribed to that. You're listening to this on a podcast app right now. Just pause real quick. Make sure you're subscribed to the Drew Goodman podcast because you don't want to miss an upcoming conversation with one of those people, Scott Oberg. Uh, you know, one of we, we talk about one of the great memories in recent Rockies memory. People talk about the Tony Wolters single back up the middle. That was the decisive thing over the Cubs. And I, I feel like we never mentioned enough Scotty O striking out the final four Chicago Cubs to end that game. And, and the four is the, is the most important thing. He didn't have to like strike out the side after warming up and getting ready. He had to strike out the last guy of the previous inning, then sit there on the bench and watch Tony Wolters get that hit. And everybody's screaming and yelling and excited, but Scotty's got to sit there and get ready to get those final three outs. Because if he doesn't, it doesn't matter what Tony did. Yeah, Drew, that's um, that's a, a great explanation uh, and, and a rehash of, of what occurred. And um, thanks thanks for the plug on, on the podcast. And, and Scott and I talk about that. And it's really interesting to hear him go back to that game that pushed the Rockies into the – divisional series against Milwaukee. I also talked to him about, 
you know, being a late inning guy and, and the culture of bullpens as a whole. And, you know, I, I, I'm not going to go into grand detail. You'll listen to the podcast, but you know, the Rockies almost have the anti um, typical bullpen. That's full of, you know, bearded guys and all kinds of characters and, and, you know, hard rock, heavy metal coming you know, right. meeting from that that place out beyond the outfield wall, they're they're kind of a bunch of clean shaven guys, and they're a close knit group though. They are a close knit group, and you have a bunch of guys down there that have closed games. I mean, you know, if you think about it, it's not just Bard and, and Oberg. You know, Estevez. I know he's struggling this spring, but he's closed games. Jairo Diaz. I know he's struggling a little bit this spring. Also, you know, Jairo's closed games. You know, they have – Michael Gibbons is closed game. So, you know, they have a bunch of guys down there. But it's interesting. Uh, I, I think you'll find it uh, fun to listen to Scott describe that group and describe the eighth and ninth inning and also the game you mentioned, uh, you know, that great win in Chicago. Do we know if they're still throwing a football around before games? That was a <laughs> Brian Shaw thing. It was. That was a Brian Shaw thing. And I know Shaw's trying to make – you know, his old club, the Cleveland Indians right now. Um, but but Shaw always had that football tucked under his arm and brought it with him. I don't know if anybody has uh, kind of got their own football and has incorporated that. Maybe a Frisbee. Maybe we need someone to bring something unique out there because you're right. Shaw was always the one. And maybe maybe that uh, kind of spoke to other guys, maybe not necessarily buying in, because I never saw that football in anybody else's hand. Actually, now that I say that, I do remember seeing uh, some B-roll footage from earlier in spring training. You know, you'll see like, you know, the Rockies equipment bag and you see the players doing stretches. It was a football and you saw the pitchers, you know, doing their lunges and warming up. So it's there. We just haven't confirmed, you know, who's who picked up the football. Who's the Who footballer it, yeah. in the now? Well, the, the first time I saw a football involved in baseball workouts was Tom House. And Tom House, you know, remains kind of a pitching oh. guru. But Tom House, um, you know, who's – I don't know – I don't know the story as to why he first incorporated that. Um, you know, Tom House was famous for catching the 715th home run of Henry Aaron – off of Al Downing, he was in the bullpen and, and made the catch out there. And he had a really, you know, solid big league career. But Tom House, when teaching pitching, used to incorporate throwing a football. And I believe he still does. But he was the first guy where I saw, you know, the crossover. Because it's a different, you know, throwing motion. It's, you know, it's up here and your hand splays like this. I'm trying to get it on the screen. When you're throwing the football, and you know, baseball is is here. So, but there has to be some something there that is beneficial in the throwing motion or the strengthening of the shoulder or whatever as to why more folks have incorporated that now. If you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel and joining us for these lives, by the way, you missed the the pick perfect form. I, I have no notes, no coaching notes on Drew Goodman's football and baseball. I have no notes. No, uh, one of the things that Tom Brady talks about is creating a C when, when you know your elbows yeah. up when you're throwing the football, and 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 having a C, a reverse C, to make sure mechanically that um, he's throwing, you know, his throwing motion is pure. His seems pretty good. He, you know, he he seems to hit the target 
uh, more frequently than a lot of guys I've watched through the years. And he seems to get to play in more games in January and ultimately in early February than other guys I've seen. But that's just me. Pinpoint analysis. I'm not always, since we're, I'm not always the most observant, Patrick. Since we're going down the rabbit hole a little bit, and again, you've been around as, as a coach and, and you've been on the backfields. What has been one of the more weirder pieces of equipment that you've seen an athlete use to work out, whether it's baseball or, or any sport where it just was very unorthodox. Ooh, that's a good one. It's so funny. Yeah. I've never seen this, but the, I don't know why the hula hoop jumped into my mind, but I've never seen that um, incorporated. I will tell you this. We, we had this product that I was involved with. Oh man, it's probably 10, 12 years ago that you still see around a little bit. It's called the hitting jacket. And I wish I had one sitting here in my office, but uh, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it would, there were different weights, kind of like donuts. But what was different is you could use it truly to train because it would only slide up the bat to around the label. So the barrel, the full barrel is still exposed. So you could take BP with it. You could do, you know, front toss and, and flips with it. And, you know, it would help with, you know, hand and wrist strength, et cetera. And, and there's still, you still see them a little bit at the big league level. But um, Ryan Howard, I've seen this only with a couple of guys, but Ryan Howard, most notably, his first round of batting practice, he had the old-fashioned donut, right, that we all had when we grew up, right? Yeah. And so it's on the end of the bat, and, you know, it's on the barrel, and he would still – he'd be taking hacks with it, and sometimes the ball would hit the donut and it would spray, you know, left or right in the cage. But he always took his first round with the old donut on it. Now, I know that's that's a baseball, you know, object training tool, uh, but to utilize it in that manner, usually guys just swing it a few times – you know, to get loose, swinging around their head a little bit, a couple of cuts, and then they shake it off and, and they take dry hacks. But that, that was a little different. You'll remember Dave Parker using the sledgehammer when he was on the on-deck circle. And I don't know if a couple guys have done that since then. I'm not not exactly sure. That would be... They got the heavy pipe now. I don't. I haven't seen oh, a right. sledgehammer in forever, right? Dave Parker was big enough to pick up, like, the side of the building and swing it. <laughs> um, I'm noticing a theme with the Ryan Howard and Dave yeah, yeah. So um, I, I haven't seen the sledgehammer. You see the the heavy, um, you know, pipe, for lack of a better way of describing it, that's uh, in on deck circles at at various levels. Do you guys remember the old fan that it, it had four sides that you put on the end of the bat, and when you swung it, because of the wind resistance, it was hitting like this fan and so it would accomplish the same thing and then when you take it off the bat feels much lighter um you know it's a psychological thing uh, but i haven't seen one of those fans in years but you used to see it 30 40 years ago for a short period of time yeah i, I played ball with uh, a guy whose dad was uh this is long before shark tank where he had some item where it was you know three quarters of a wooden bat and he duct tape a baseball around it. And the idea was, you know, to get the baseball in front of the bat. It was a whole thing. It never, uh, he didn't, he wasn't able to pitch it to Mark Cuban, but I do remember the fan thing on the bat. It looks like one of those hats people wear at the beach, you know, where it looks like the top of, uh, of a circus tent almost. That's what it reminded me of when it was on, on the barrel of a bat. Yeah, I've seen all kinds of, you know, different products, if you will, that, you know, have proper intent, but don't necessarily 
um, catch on. Uh, but you know, I, I remember, I remember there, there was one thing. It's probably still on the market somewhere. It it, it looked like the size of a a golf ball almost, but it, it, it had all different sides on it. It wasn't round. And so you'd throw, you'd kind of roll it to a, somebody who was now being an infielder and to get that guy to keep his hands out front and, and find where that hop was going to come because it was jumping around. Um, so uh, I, I actually, I'm guilty of purchasing that many, many years. <laughs> That's why you remember it. Yeah. yeah. You're getting into the details there. No, I like that. If Ron Washington uses it, it's a good product. I could see him using that. Wash is a good instructor, man. He 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 works he works hard with uh, with infield guys. That's a guy. I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to to have him on a podcast or do an interview with them. Ron Washington's a is a fun guy, and and he's a he's a baseball guy through and through. Yeah, that would that would be quite a treat. One thing I do know is if you want someone that you can rely on for your mortgage as much as you can rely on Ron Washington for fantastic baseball conversation, you got to check out our friends at dnvrmortgage.com. Chevalier, Mike and Virginia Chevalier. You know, Chevalier is French for protectors of the realm. Let them protect your realm, your castle, your home, whether you got to refinance, get a loan, maybe you're looking to buy a new place, check out the market right now. You need a free consultation and you can get that by going to dnvrmortgage.com. You enter to win a free shirt or hat of your choice. And most importantly, you get set up with that free consultation to discuss all of your options. Mike and Virginia absolutely are the best in the biz. And better than that, they're huge Colorado sports fans, so they can chat with you about your favorite hobby while they're also helping you out with this important aspect of your life, whatever it may be. So call Virginia directly at 303-257-6578 or Mike directly at 970-412-2472. And again, you can visit dnvrmortgage.com for a chance to win a free hat or shirt and a free consultation. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 191010, uh, I'm sorry, 1910631. Got to get the right numbers on there. That, that wouldn't be. <laughs> uh, and then the other one we got here today is, of course, DraftKings, the best sportsbook app you're going to find anywhere out there. The tournament's still going on. Time to do all kinds of March madness. Or if college basketball isn't your thing, Baseball season's right around the corner. Time to get in on all those before-the-season bets. If you feel like you know how the season's going to go, how individual players are going to be doing, you got to get on there. And, I, and I'll tell you what, we were talking about it earlier, Goody. People are very confident on the social media. We we see it all the time. They're coming to us and telling us exactly what's going to happen this upcoming season. And as they used to say, put your money where your mouth is. You're so sure Put a couple of bucks on it at DraftKings Sportsbook, and then we'll have a paper record. We can all look back on it, and if you're you're doing really well, well, then you should be up. If not, you're at least having fun. Either way, really, really fantastic stuff all the time in all the different sports at DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, if you're a new user, you download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app and you use promo code DNVR when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 if the college basketball team of your choosing pulls off the win. That's right. Code DNVR turns $1 into 100 bucks for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 
4700. Goody, while we've got you talking about DraftKings Sportsbook, your bracket busted or is it still looking good? Come on, Patrick. Who's bra <laughs> whose bracket's not busted? Unless who is hold on one second though. Who is my um oh man? It's one of my all-time favorite shows, Cheers. And do you remember oh what was her name? Oh boy. Shelly Long. We, we I do this game with no Shelly Long. I do this with Creaseman all the time. Yeah. I, I never miss. <laughs> Good. You're right. right. Cheers. Yeah. She Shelly Long. Got it. Okay. Right. Shelly Long. So do you remember when Shelly Long was winning the uh, NFL pool every week? And they're like, how did she do? What was her name of her character again? Oh, I'm trying to remember on the show. Uh, okay. Joanne. No, no I don't. So, Diane. Diane. So remember Diane. Yeah, Patrick, you're nailing stuff. So anyhow, she's winning it every week. And they finally, they ask her, what, what are you doing? She goes, it's obvious a bear would beat a dolphin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So she was, yeah, you know, that, that's how she was choosing. So the only, I don't even know how this is played out, but anybody who's doing really well in the old, uh, you know, March Madness has had to just like, you know, throw something against the, the wall. Because if you tried to use any sort of logic, your bracket is like mine, bupkis. Or you have 27 different entries. And you're like, hey, I picked Oral Roberts. And you're like, yeah, on one of those 27. <laughs> right, yeah. It may be more than that. It may be like 127. So I tweeted out the other night after round one, um, this is no longer possible. I said, I don't know what, you know, it's kind of obvious now. Let's just go to that final Monday uh, in the championship game. It's going to be Abilene Christian and uh, North Texas, right? <laughs> I mean, all over. Not Oral Roberts. I mean, I've been all over Oral Roberts. No, well, yeah. I mean, you look like a genius now. Oh, no, man. I I did have Syracuse uh, going pretty far, and and that Syracuse actually is my DraftKings sports book pick of the week right now. They're getting five and a half against Houston, and I I had Houston, you know, winning their region, but I just think Syracuse has played so well. I love the story, Jim Beheim. You know, you know him too. Uh, coming from the East Coast, and his to see his son Buddy Beheim Buddy you know, as oh. as the star of that team, I just love that. So that's a great story, even though you know we don't see Houston really go this far. But still, I gotta say, my DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week: Syracuse right now getting five and a half against Houston coming up this Saturday. Um, I will I will second that, and I will tell you that I always pulled hard for Syracuse. My sister went there. Um, I, they dropped their baseball program. So that was not an option, you know, for me, but they had a great, you know, and still do a great communication school in the new house school of communications. And so many, um, you know, broadcasters have uh, come out of there. So I've always pulled for Syracuse and in this year's tournament, you know, Syracuse kind of just got into the tournament. Um, but they, they're look, they're getting better and better. They play that two, three zone and, uh, you know, Buddy Beheim shoots the lights out. They, they've been fun to watch, and I'm with you, man. They they've already made a nice run, and and I would not be surprised to see them keep going. Who's Love so it. so, Creaseman, In your opinion, what is a tougher sounding mascot? Would you rather be an yeah. orangeman right. or a gale? Yeah, I Which, never now, knew, and answer carefully. I, I think at some point it was explained to me, but I remember when I was a kid, I was like an orangeman. A, a gale is a like a slightly strong gust of wind. Is that? 
<laughs> As someone who speaks Gaelic, you but can tell that I follow actually sounds probably a little bit better. Closely. <laughs> yeah. Good. You care to chime in? Uh, yeah, uh, it's a Gale, right? Uh, you know, Gale Force wins. Yeah. I don't there know. You go. Iona Gales. The Iona, uh, I, I like that Iona strategy. Gale. Hey, listen, Iona Gales gave Alabama, you know, with Patino, gave them all they wanted for about 35 minutes. Um, no. Uh, all right, for to kill two birds with one stone here, get us back toward prospects a little bit and answer a question from the comments here on YouTube coming in from Liam. Is Ben Bowden going to be a player on the 26-man roster this year? Uh, where does he fall in the system? And, and go to just your general thoughts on the lefty who's looking to make that debut. Well, the Rockies went by and large without a lefty last year. I mean, Pazos was involved and and they, and, uh, and and Deal was involved for, for a bit. Deals are even sent to um, to Albuquerque um, uh, as of a, a few days ago. It's coming down to Lucas Gilbreth, who's a good story. He's a Colorado kid. Uh, finished his his college career at the University of Minnesota, historic program. And he's really, uh, with the exception of one outing, he's thrown the ball very well. I think he has 12 punch outs going into this afternoon in, in six and two thirds. And Ben Bowden, who the question, you know, was about, and Ben Bowden's a, you know, former, you know, second round pick out of, uh, you know, a historically good program as well in Vanderbilt or more recently his, uh, you know, very good program. Uh, so I, I would think that, especially in the case of Bowden, because the question was specific to him, whether it's initially or at some point in time, Ben Bowden will make his major league debut this year. And he's been good yeah. this spring. Yeah, he has. Uh, I think there might even be room for him on the roster now with, with Tyler Kinley kind of coming down. I, I think he might have had a hamstring injury, so I'm not sure if he officially was put on the IL. Um, but if so, I mean, I think that opens up the slot. With Gilbreth, again, great story. You know, he's yet to pitch about higher than uh, high A. You know, he was at <laughs> Lancaster as a starting pitcher. But again, we know a lot of guys have that story where uh, they haven't played above A ball. Well, they would have played a double A last year, and would have been ticketed for AAA this year. So it's not the same large leap that it would be in a normal season. No. Um, and and you keep coming back to the same thing. A lot of guys are going to get opportunities, and the Rockies will be a better club the more folks that have been afforded these opportunities produce positive results naturally and become less of, you know, prospect slash suspect to, you know, legit guy. And, uh, and and hopefully Ben Bowden is a good story this year as we, you know, revisit it at some point during the summer. There's another great one. Who's the most underrated prospect in the system right now? Hmm. Or just one you would choose to highlight? That's, you know, that's an interesting one. That's a, that's a really interesting one, uh, especially given the fact that we have nothing to go by, as Patrick was mentioning. <laughs> right. You know, so you can't say, hey, you know, is this guy, you know, in, in Hartford that flew beneath the radar or maybe in the Cal League that, that flew beneath uh, the radar? I mean, a, a guy, I don't, I don't think you can say this right now because he got a little bit of press earlier was Helcrease Oliveris, who's a 20-year-old kid lanky left-hander who throws in the mid to upper 90s he still has he definitely we were talking about development earlier you could see i saw him pitch live and you know he's still 
working on repeating his delivery and it's a more complex delivery, but you can see the arm. Um, there's, there's a guy that I mentioned, I think on my podcast, Patrick, you'll double check me cause you remember everything. Um, did I mention this, this kid, uh, Perez last week on my podcast, I said a name for the future. And I mean, really down the road because he's 17. He just turned 17. He has not even thrown a, a pitch yet in the, in the Dominican summer league. Um, but he was signed and he's a right-handed kid with a, a big arm already 95 plus really can spin it already. And, and, and composure and presence on the mound that I know in talking to, you know, folks who, you know, work out of Latin America, they're really excited about, uh, about this kid. And again, this is way down. This isn't like, Oh, he's going to be in the big leagues in a year or two. This is down the road, but it's a, uh, Brayon Perez. It's a name to remember. And that is a, a very good underrated name because before yeah. you had mentioned it, I hadn't heard it. So I was it's, say. And yeah. it's all, and it's all relative too. you think too, about like being underrated. Whereas I've been a big Alan Trejo fan for a couple of years. And while, you know, the guy might not be the next Trevor story, he can be a very valuable piece on any number of, of teams and can pick it at shortstop. The bat still has a little way to go, but he's a guy that quite literally you will never see on a top 30 list. And I have yet to see on a top 30 list, but he's got a big league glove where he could carve out a nice career for himself. Yeah. I'm going to, uh, one, one other thing, by the way, the, the kid I was mentioning Perez, he's related to Edison Volquez. So, and we know that Volquez has been a really good major league pitcher. That doesn't really make, make it, you know, seamless, but I'm, I'm excited about what I've heard about that kid. But I want to mention another guy that was part of the draft class last year out of the university of Miami that I know a lot of scouts are high on. Mm -hmm. You are going with this and that's Chris McMahon. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm going to be really curious to see how he progresses this summer um, wherever his first stop is. I mean, he was a college pitcher at Miami a year ago. So um, that that's a name to, to keep in mind as well. Yeah. That was such a phenomenal draft class last year for the 2020 draft. And, you know, on, on one hand, it, you know, we, we had a big, you know, draft coverage. I think you were even, you joined us as well for that. Uh, we had a million guests on, but um, you know, we were like, all right, you got to get one of these pitchers here with the ninth overall pick. Then Zach Veen falls to him. You go, okay, you can't pass that up. And then sure enough, you were still able to get a, you know, front of the rotation or at least mid rotation starter in Chris McMahon at the start of the second round. And that was, that was quite the steal, I, I thought, by the Rockies. Yeah, on paper, I think Billy Schmidt and his and his guys, you know, Danny Montgomery really had a, had a good draft, and we'll see how it's you know borne out uh, down the road. We we never know. I think one of the fascinating exercises that uh, I know you guys have done, um, and it's fun to do for people that really follow baseball, is to look back at dif different you know draft classes, especially the top ones, and you'll be amazed how not you guys but folks will be amazed how frequently first round picks don't make it and you'll look back you know the two all right let's look at the 2010 first round you know draft and you go wait a second i've never heard of that guy i've never heard of that guy. I mean, we, we work in the game and there will be see names from seven eight nine years ago in the first round you go i've never heard of that guy yeah they never made it yeah it's it's yeah, that happens that happens a lot more i think than people realize or even if you have fun and you say hey let's do a redraft of the first round 
you know, from 2010 or something like that. And by the time you even get to number 20 or 25, you're like, not really that excited about these guys. Like this guy was, you know, he's like a number three, number four, you know, outfielder. He's not that great, but he was the 20th best of the first round that year. It's, it's hard to be successful, you know, in, in the draft. It's, it's a crapshoot in a lot of ways. Especially because you're deciding, do you take a 17 year old high school kid? Do you take the, you know, the, the, three-year college kid do you take a kid after his first year at junior college uh 24 teams passed on mike trout out of new jersey have you heard yeah. of jersey by the way patrick you know <laughs> no. uh, it's mike trout that i'm drawing a blank on his yeah. name sounds familiar yeah uh i'll give you my guy real quick because i've talked about him plenty of times just because i was reading uh an excellent article today on the dnvr.com she become a member it's really good stuff who wrote by that? somebody named uh, Patrick Lyons. Actually. I was going to say, as much as I might sound like I was uh, uh, busting myself up there, uh, going over Lucas Gilbreth. So, but one of the things I saw as an honorable mention, because we did kind of conglomerate a bunch of different prospect ranking systems, uh, Dom Nunez not even being able to make the list as a guy. Now he's already made his major league debut. Maybe people don't really think of him as a prospect. He's never been one of those top guys. This is somebody I've play, paid especially close attention to his career because I just happened to make a connection with him when he was like 17 when I went out and visited him in Grand Junction. He's just a really smart, really good kid. He's got a wonderful family. Like, they're just incredible people. And he's he's been in the organization for like seven or eight years, and he's still considered a rookie. Uh, he, he's gone the long route to get there. And I just like everything about his game. Like he takes every element of the game seriously and, and, and tries to get better every day. And you got to root for people like that. Well, well, Drew, to pick up your thought on Dom, two of the best offensive players throughout spring training this year have been the two catchers, Elias Diaz and Dom Nunez. Yeah. They, they've both hit, you know, I haven't checked today, but I think they were both hitting over 400 basically um, for the spring. And, uh, we we all hope that there's carryover into the regular season and the Rockies can get, you know, really solid production offensively and as, as well as handling the pitching staff from the combination of Diaz and Nunez. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of thump behind the plate this year. That's that's going to be exciting to see, especially, you know, down at the bottom of the lineup. That's definitely going to help, you know, just extend the lineup a, a, a lot. And again, it, there's going to be a lot of swing and miss in there with those two guys, but we're going to see the balls get launched out um, at a course field a, a lot more this year with the Rockies duo behind the plate. Let's go. One more question here from Scott thoughts on CJ Crone. He's smacking the baseball around. Well, I mean, when, when you ask, um, is he for real? I mean, he's for real in that. Yeah, I know he's, this will be, I think his fifth team in, in the last five seasons. And you say, well, why is he a journeyman? I mean, he, he has the ability to hit the ball over the wall, and he's for real because he's done it before. Not we project him to be a guy that can hit it over the wall. He's hit 30 home runs in a season. He's hitting the high 20s in home runs in a season. And so what he has done this spring, which has been positive, he's hit a few home runs and, um, and, and you know impacted the baseball, I would expect him to do that during the regular season because he's done it before and it's not like he's 38 years of age. So yeah, CJ Crone, you know, is for real when in, in that he's going to be a guy that's going to hit when he's in the lineup in the middle of the order. And I think if he gets enough at bats, he can be a 25 home run guy. And, you know, 
uh, you know, hit 260, 270, hopefully, with, you know, a little bit of a boost average-wise from playing at, at 20th and Blake. I mean, he's he's almost exactly Mark Reynolds. You think about where, again, you know, basically was a, almost a non-roster invite for for two consecutive years, had to play his way onto the field, and you go, yeah, that's a, that's a damn good first baseman you got over there. And I think that's what C.J. Crone is going to be for them this year, really holding down the fort. You know, doing a nice job driving and runs, protecting Charlie in the lineup there with his right-handed bat. I, I think he was a really, really shrewd pickup uh, by the front office this year. That was nice. Yeah, and um, he's uh, you know I think he's adequate at first. I mean, people forget Mark Reynolds, pretty good, pretty good first baseman. Mark, yeah. you know, he was a left side guy at Virginia. I think he was actually a shortstop initially at the University of Virginia and a third baseman when he came up with Arizona. I mean, he picked the ball really well over at first base. Uh, but, um, yeah, I, I, Crone is going to help the Rockies. Yeah, well, um, obviously, you know, we'll we'll have updates for you on Freeland when we get them. Uh, that That's tough news today. But like we said, a lot of other people here to talk about. And it, it was going to be a season, I think, either way. Cody, a lot of these guys, you know, finding out what these guys – have and and we're continuing to add to that these are the players who we're gonna the lucas gilbreths and the ben bowdens when they once they make their debut we're gonna find out you know what they've got colton welker i think likely to make his major league debut this year one guy we didn't get around talking about ryan valades had a great spring as well um you know he could be right around the corner i don't know that he's quite as close but i keep saying no minor league baseball last year so we really don't know what some of these guys exactly where they're at but um a lot to watch in this last week of spring training and, and heading toward opening day yeah there, there's still plenty to watch in the in the stretch run and I, I know collectively everybody's fingers are crossed that um that that the rockies uh avoid a, a you know a, a bad situation with kyle freeland and it's something that you know they just got to get it quieted down and it's and it's not a real lengthy thing but you know, we'll, we'll find out in the coming uh, 24 to 48 hours, I'm sure. So stay tuned for all that to make sure that you're not missing anything. You got to follow everybody on social media at Drew Creaseman, at Patrick D. Lyons, at Drew Goodman 42, and at DNVR underscore Rockies. Of course, you got to subscribe to the DNVR.com to get all the stuff we talked about earlier, plus discounts on hats and shirts and masks, bigger beer when you come down to the DNVR bar, all the stuff for Prospect Week. And you got to subscribe to the Drew Goodman podcast on whatever app you're using. Don't forget to do that. You got to listen to the Scott Oberg interview coming up. Go back and listen to the Jenny Kavnar stuff. It's really can't miss fun conversations for Colorado Rockies fans. Uh, you, you really got to get that as part of your regular listening. So, uh, of course, we always appreciate it when Goody can swing by and uh, chat a little baseball with us before too long. It, it's going to be live baseball. They're, they're going to start counting, as they say. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, I'm looking forward, obviously, looking forward to the season, and we'll, and we'll uh, sneak one in uh, hopefully next week before opening day, and then um, and then we'll uh, we'll get creative. I think it'll be fun because we'll when, when I get together with you guys, we'll actually you know talk about games that count and, <laughs> and uh, things that have transpired that uh, we can we can really dig into. So that'll be a lot of fun. All right. Nine days away from opening day. They're just around Here the corner. So stay tuned for all that stuff. We're going to have countdowns, big 
big celebration of the return of baseball and really just the return of life in many ways. So thank you all for hanging out with us, continuing to be absolutely awesome out there. I promise you we will continue to be absolutely Patrick Lyons and the Drews Goodman and Creaseman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.